Believe in yourself, cause it starts with you And then everyone else will believe you too And if it looks like you're the only believer around Just keep on believing, don't put yourself down Just believe Our guest this week grew up in St. Paul, Minnesota and earned a B.S. in Biology from St. Mary's University and a B.A. in Nursing from the College of St. Catherine. Since 2015, she's been the founder and CEO of WINE, Women in the New Evangelization, which is a woman's ministry that invigorates Catholic parishes through inspiring, supporting, and nurturing women in the faith and by equipping and mobilizing women as intentional disciples of Christ. Her name, Kelly Walquist. And I'm Jack Crisula, and this is Anything is Possible on 760-WJR. I'm Jack Crisula, this is Anything is Possible, and we're talking to Kelly Walquist, the founder and CEO of WINE, Women in the New Evangelization. Kelly, welcome, an honor to have you. Well, thank you, Jack. It's great to be here, and great to be with you. Can we start this evening by you leading us in an opening prayer, please? I would love to. Let's begin. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Good and gracious God, we thank you for bringing us together today. We thank you for all the ways in which you connect us over the airwaves and all the many ways that we can come together to be the body of Christ. We ask you to send your Spirit down upon us, uh, done upon our conversation and upon all the the ears of our hearts, Lord, for those who are listening. And we ask you to open us up to what you have in store for us today. And we ask this all in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Can we start by talking about your childhood and your mom and your dad, please? Absolutely. So I grew up, I would say, I guess your normal Catholic child. <laughs> I was uh, born, I say born and raised Catholic, I guess I was born, baptized Catholic, um, but was raised in the Catholic faith. So uh, I was in Catholic school from the time I was in from first grade all the way through, actually through getting even my nursing degree. And so I was always in Catholic schools and we always did like all the Catholic things when I was a child. So we went to, you know, Mass every Sunday. We, Holy Days of Obligation, you know, my mom worked at the Fall Fest or, you know, really involved the, the Rosary Society. My parents were involved in different things throughout the, the church. Um, however, as I grew, I would say as I kind of grew up, probably got to college, I started to kind of fade away from my faith. Um, I went to a very small, again, Catholic college in Winona, Minnesota, St. Mary's. And as I look back at it now, and I look back at my college years and, and kind of look at like, well, what, what was that faith that my parents instilled in me, you know, when I was younger? Um, it was still there. It kind of waned a little bit. Uh, but I look back and I think, I, it's, it's a blessing. I, I went to, once in a while, I go to daily Mass. I don't think I was actually really consistently going to Sunday Mass in college. But every once in a while, you know, we'd go to daily Mass. And uh, I had a couple of friends. Class would end at uh, 11.50. Mass was at 10. 
the cafeteria closed at 1, and the cafeteria was across campus, so we'd go to daily mass, and it was like, stand, sit, stand, sit, you know, go. They had to get us out so quickly so we could sprint, you know, across campus and go get lunch. And I look back at that now, and I think, wow. I mean, look what the Lord was doing. I really was getting those graces that I didn't even know I was receiving. So when I look back at my childhood, everything that my parents instilled in me continued to cultivate, even though I didn't see it. Sometimes it was dormant. And I think that's really encouraging to parents today, myself included, included, as we try to raise our kids to be faithful. And then we see them go off to college, maybe sometimes even in high school where they start to veer off, but just to know that that seed was planted. So my my childhood, my parents planted a seed, and I believe probably the prayers of my grandma and my and my mom uh, continued to um, continued to you know nurture that seed and help it grow. We're talking to Kelly Walquist. She earned a B.S. in biology and then a B.A. in nursing from College of Saint Catherine. And you went to work as a nursing manager at a retirement convent for the Sisters of Saint Joseph. What's the biggest thing those retired nuns taught you, Kelly? Oh, I love that question. I love it. The reason I love that is I actually started working with the Sisters of St. Joseph when I was 16. So I was 16 years old, and I went to work there as a, um, a nursing assistant. And it was beautiful because it was their home. So although it was two skilled floors of nursing, two skilled nursing floors, one independent living— um, and one assisted living, it, it still was their home. So I was part of their convent. I will tell you, Jack, I, from the time I was 16 to for years, I got called sister. <laughs> so many of you be like, sister, sister, can you help me? Sister, can you help me? So I just got kind of used to being called sister. But I learned so much there, and it's actually what really made me go into nursing because I, I learned that I just had this love to nurture and take care of people. But what was different about doing that in the convent setting is they were so beautiful and faithful, yet they're still human. I mean, I learned first, you're a woman, and then you're, and then you're your vocation. You know, So even though they were sisters of St. Joseph, they were still just like us. You know, they still um, had their spats among each other or, you know, would have fun roller skating in the hallway. I mean, they were just just normal, but they were still women first. And so they still had those, at times, maybe those, um, maybe a little fear or doubt or, you know, that they dealt with, but they dealt with it in such a beautiful, holistic way. And so as I got to take care of these sisters, they really um, influenced me a lot. I, you know, I laugh now. I told my husband, I said, you know, do you realize that I had a friend whose brother was born when Lincoln was president. Isn't that crazy? I mean, it makes you think of how small our world is. But I had a friend whose brother was born in 1863, and it was Sister Mary John Ryan. And she was 102 when she passed away, and I was, I was probably 18 or 19 when she passed away. But she was one of my dear friends. And as I was helping these sisters, they really instilled in me um, just the beauty of the faith. And again, this is more cultivating. I didn't even know it. You know, I, I didn't, 
I didn't know when Marie, Sister Marie Diel sat down with me and opened up the catechism back in 1990 that today I would be running the Catechetical Institute at the St. Paul Seminary at the Archdiocese of Minneapolis and St. Paul that teaches the catechism. I mean, I just love these women. And so then for a couple of years, until I got really into until my life changed, which we can talk about, um, I worked as a nursing supervisor for the Sisters of St. Joseph. And I loved it. I absolutely loved my job. We're talking to Kelly Walquist. If you want to learn more, www.kelly, K-E-L-L-Y, Walquist, W-A-H-L-Q-U-I-S-T.com. When we come back, we're going to take her back to 2015. And she found something called wine. And I'm Jack Russell, and this is Anything is Possible on 760 WJR. Welcome back to Anything is Possible. I'm Jack Rasula. We're with Kelly Walquist, who has created an army of women. Kelly, let's go back 2015, and you create wine. What is it? It's when my life changed from my nursing career into going into working in the vineyard in a different way. And uh, at the time, I had three little kids. So my oldest was seven, uh, seven, four, and baby. You know, Miles was a baby baby. And it was back to school night at their, at their school. And so it's where you go and you volunteer for, you know, it was a little Catholic school, so we volunteer for all the areas. In fact, it was so little, we called the one room we did everything in the Catholic gymatorium. I mean, there was just a small school, so they really relied on the parents' help. So as I was leaving, my husband was home with the kids, and he said, don't sign up for everything, because he knows how I am. And I went to the back-to-school night, and I signed up for everything. Honestly, I was chairing the gala and the golf tournament and the mother-daughter event and the the epiphany party. I think the only thing I did not sign up for was the, you know, the father-son camping trip. I mean, I was in charge of everything. And as I was leaving, my friend Nicole had a Bible study laid out, and it was all color-coded. It was so cool. And she, I was really drawn to it. And she said, you've got to do this. You have to do this study. And she said, it's by my friend Jeff Cavins. And she explained, you know, it says 24 weeks. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, Nicole, absolutely not. You know, if I do that, Andy will divorce me. I mean, I can't sign up for one more thing. And she said, well, if you do, if you sign up, everyone will sign up. Please sign up. And I said, I'm so sorry. I just can't, even though I was intrigued. So I didn't sign up. And I, the next day, even though I did not sign up, I got a phone call from another friend, Josie. And she said, Kelly, we saw you signed up for this Bible study. Forty women signed up. And I just said, Josie, let me call you back. And I called Nicole, and it was before we had cell phones, so, but we had caller ID. We were, and so she saw my ID come up, and she answered without even saying hello. And all she said was, just hear me out. And she just gave me all these beautiful reasons why I should be in a Catholic Bible study. I needed to know my faith, because I had to ch- pass my faith on to my children. I needed, I needed to know my faith so I could live it. I needed to you know, grow in holiness. I mean, she had all these wonderful reasons, but it was her last three words that sealed the deal for me. And she said, we have free childcare. And I said, praise God, I will, I will study any book, you know, because at that time I had three little kids. And so my conversations were, you know, the height, 
the top of the conversation you can have with a seven-year-old. You know, so um, Jeff Caven says this often, and that is that God gives us what we need wrapped in what we want. So what I wanted is I wanted adult conversations, adult friendships. Um, what I needed was a deeper relationship with the Lord, and I got it in spades uh, because I fell in love. I, I started The Great Adventure uh, Bible Timeline, and I fell in love with sacred scripture, uh, so much so that when I met Jeff Cavins, I explained the whole thing to him, and our kids went to the same school. So my daughter and his daughter were in the same class. And I literally met him and said, I love your Bible study. It has changed my life. So there's only one thing about it I don't like. And he looked at me over his eyeglasses and said, what is that one thing? And I said that I didn't invent it because it's how my brain works. Everything's coordinated, color coordinated. There's, it's linear. I can, I can see the story of salvation history unfolding. I can see where I'm part of it. And uh, I think it was that moment, uh, Jeff and I, from that moment on, we started working together. So I started working with The Great Adventure, and I traveled around the country teaching people how to put on a fruitful Catholic Bible study. So, Jack, as you can tell, totally not, not the plan I had for my life, right? I was, I, was on the, I was on that ladder on my way to director of nursing, and it just came to a point where I was doing both. And um, I, I finally, Jeff just said, well, what would it take to have you work for us full time and get the scriptures out there? Because you are working in your gift. And so then I started working for him and kind of let that nursing go. However, God in his infinite wisdom always brings that back around. So then when we, when we come to 2015, um, I had worked with uh, Jeff for years, and then for three years I worked for the the um, Fathers of the Matthew's Conception at Divine Mercy, and really worked at bringing on out um, Marian consecration through them with Father Gately, 33 Days to Morning Glory, and Consoling the Heart of Jesus. And then the Lord just put on my heart this need to um, be of service to the women, which I laugh at because I think back in college and high school, like all my friends were the guys. I like hung out with the guys. You know, I, I, have, I do have really good female friends. But I thought, wow, God, this is funny that now you're, you're really helping me get in touch with women and women, spiritual, their spirituality. And so it was in 2013, the Holy Father, Pope Francis, had just been Holy Father for three months. I believe it was in July. And he called for a deeper, more profound theology of women. And I was like, ooh, what is that? So I quickly emailed 20 women that I know who run major apostolates and ministries around the country, um, because my work with The Great Adventure and then also with the Marian Fathers, I was very connected to many apostolates. And uh, they're the busiest women I know. But I emailed them and invited them to come to Minnesota, to our lake place, for a weekend in October to pray and discern what is the Lord asking us as women. I mean, we have a good theology of women in the Church, but what is this deeper, more profound theology of women that he's asking us through, you know, his vicar, the, the Holy Father? And because they're so busy, I thought, you know, three would show up, 17. We had 17 women, and just did a long weekend of prayer, discernment, discussion. We had adoration, we had Mass, more discussion, and we left there with intentional prayer. 
because we knew the Lord was asking us to do something. And we each each week, or each day, one of us throughout the week was in adoration praying about this. And probably six months into it, <clears throat> excuse me, what I heard in my prayer, in my heart, was whereas the Lord said to St. Francis, rebuild my church, I heard heal my body. The body of Christ is battered, bruised, and broken, and I need you as women working in this beautiful these beautiful gifts I've given you in your womanhood to be receptive and sensitive and generous and and maternal because it doesn't matter if we have physically given birth we are all endowed with these beautiful these beautiful maternal gifts we're we're all called to be spiritual mothers and so from that sprung wine women in the new evangelization which is a national catholic women's ministry that introduces women into relationship with other women. So we have these good, solid Catholic Christian relationships so we can go deeper in our relationship with the Lord. And as I look back now from this interview, as you, you know, as you start at, at the top of the hour, I look back at those sisters, the sisters of St. Joseph, and I recognize what, what they did have. They, they had deep relationships with one another that helped them go deeper in their relationship with the Lord. So that's what we're doing with wine. We really want to support, encourage, nurture, pray for, and elevate our sisters in Christ. We're talking to Kelly Walquist. When we come back, we're going to ask her what the Bible says about the role of women. And I'm Jack Rasula, and this is Anything is Possible on 760-WJR. This is Anything is Possible. I'm your host, Jack Prasula, and we're with Kelly Walquist, the author of Created to Relate, God's Design for Peace and Joy. Kelly, what does the Bible say about the role of women? Ah, another good question, Jack. I love that. Um, and it's one of the things that, even with wine, women in the new evangelization, <clears throat> that we really focus on. Because even the name wine, although it's fun, <laughs> it's not about the wine we drink. It comes from sacred scripture. So it comes from John 2, 5. So it's the wedding of Cana. And it's Mary, speaking of women's role in scripture, it's Mary's final words to us in the scriptures, where she says, do whatever he tells you. She's at the wedding of Cana, and she says, do whatever he tells you. So wine, women in the new evangelization, is about that. It's about doing the will of God. And we contend as women, as you just alluded to the book, uh, when I speak to this in my book, Created to Relate, we contend that we are, as women, created radically relational, radically relational. Um, and that we do see in sacred scripture. And we see that in Genesis, in the second telling of the story of creation, creation actually, in Genesis 2, where we see God creates Adam from dirt, and it's good, it's actualized matter. And God breathed life into Adam, Theonustros, God breathed, and Adam awakens. And what is Adam's, what's the first thing Adam sees? It's God. It's, it, it's God. But what's his first orientation? Adam, man, is oriented to work. 
He is to abide and shamar the garden. He is to protect and guard until the garden. So Adam, man, is oriented to work. And when it's in order, it's good. Before the fall, it is good. His orientation to work is good. Then God puts Adam to sleep, takes the rib from Adam's side, and the Hebrew word is banah, and it means to build. Hebrew words have a lot of um, different meanings, and one of the meanings of the word banah also is to have an intuitive knowledge into the things of God. So Hebrew scholars believe that because woman was banah, that she got this, like this double dose of this intuitive knowledge into the things of God, which I look around now and I even look at, we can look at the sisters that I, that I took care of as a, as a nursing student and then as a nurse, or just looking at my grandmas or looking at my mom and my aunts or, or just myself as a mom. There's that, you, you've, you've heard it, I'm sure a million times, you know, women's intuition or mother's intuition, but there is something there. There's a, a, beautiful, um, a beautiful spirituality in women that I believe is different than from men. So God, Bana, builds Eve. And Eve awakens. And what is Eve's first, you know, reality? What is the first thing Eve sees? It's God. But what is her first orientation? It's to Adam. She's created for him. And he knows, because he's like, you know, boom, 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 he's very excited. It's not really how Scripture goes, but he's very excited. And he says, you know, bone of, finally, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. And in Hebrew, he's saying it's my equal. Someone who, in the Scripture means, someone who meets my gaze, right? So it's not, not above him, not behind him, not walking in front of him, not walking behind him. Someone who meets his gaze, his equal. Finally, you know, Adam, Adam has his equal. And Eve is created as the helper. Connecto is what it's called, is, is the helper. But it doesn't mean like any old helper, you know, get me a beer, pick up my socks kind of helper. What the whole word is, is other connecto. So it means divine helper. So Eve is created to complete Adam, to get him back into that from which he came, which is divinity, which is God, which is family. You know, because you've got Father, Son, and Spirit. You've got God, the Father, who's pouring all this perfect love on God the Son. You've got God the Son perfectly receiving the perfect love and pouring it back on God the Father, who then again is perfectly receiving and perfectly pouring back on God the Son. And it's so intense that from it proceeds a whole other person, and that's the Holy Spirit. So when we look at Adam and Eve, and we look at we look at God as relationship, as God is radically relational, right? God is Father, Son, and Spirit. Um, woman then completes man. And in that love between them, we can see, you know, would even be like what would come, what would proceed between the love from a man and a woman would be a whole other being. So that's the, I love that beauty and looking in that. And even when you, like, I just got back from, um, from Italy, we had we took forty five women to Italy. Can you believe that? Um, for wine and shrine. So it was a it's a pilgrimage that Teresa Tamio and I do every year um, to Italy. And when you're standing in the middle of the Sistine Chapel and you look up, and I think everyone thinks that when you're looking up, you're seeing you know God, Michelangelo's God's creating Adam, the finger, you know. 
uh, those two fingers t- almost touching. So you see the, the incredible life of God and the limpness of man at the time before creation. But the center of the Sistine Chapel isn't that. The center of the Sistine Chapel is the creation of Eve. And this is where we see the beauty of God's creation. And let us make man in our image, right? Male and female, he made them. And here you see that beauty, um, you know, coming to, you know, uh, uh, kind of the, the climax of the creation. I mean, I, I would say the ultimate of creation is is Mary, you know, the perfection um, as a woman. And we see Eve as, you know, uh, you would see Mary as a new Eve in that. So I, I do love that. I love diving into that and diving into the role of women and the importance of women throughout all of sacred scripture. We're talking to Kelly Walquist. If you want to learn more, www.kelly, K-E-L-L-Y, Walquist, W-A-H-L-Q-U-I-S-T dot com. Kelly, wine is a woman's ministry that invigorates Catholic parishes through inspiring, supporting, and nurturing women in the faith and by equipping and mobilizing women and, catch this, as intentional disciples of Christ. Kelly, what does, Absolutely. What does a 21st century woman disciple look like? She looks like every one of us, Jack. Absolutely. I love that. No, it is. I mean, we, that's what we are called to do. I mean, Jesus tells, you know, tells us, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I've commanded you, right? So we've been given this great, great commission by the Lord to not only be disciples, but to make disciples. And in order for us to obviously make a disciple, we need to know what it means to follow Jesus. What does that mean to walk in His ways? And I, this, this is the beauty of wine, because it's difficult. I don't know if you're experiencing this a little bit, but our world is getting a little chaotic, right? And so now we're like, well, how do I walk in my faith every day? How do I live this when I'm watching this world just spinning around me, and I'm trying to live this peace of Christ that is peace beyond all understanding? And I really do believe that is one of the beauties of wine, women in the new evangelization, is that we walk with one another, and we we help each other grow in holiness. You know, whatever that is through much of it, you know, it, it is um, kind of it's kind of, it, it's a habit of of your daily living. It's making prayer a habit, making scripture a habit one of the best ways of really becoming a disciple is first and foremost just drenching yourself in sacred scripture. We're talking to Kelly Walquist. When we come back, we're going to ask her what's amazed her the most these past eight years. And I'm Jack Rasul, and this is Anything is Possible on 760 WJR. Jack Krizula, host of WJR's Anything is Possible, the weekly radio visit, brings his 15 years of inspirational storytelling to hardcover. With God, anything is possible. Anything is possible. 15 of Jack's more than 750 tales of defeating odds and achieving the extraordinary. Like Bob Woodruff, whose job covering the war in Iraq nearly cost him his life. 
and Nick Vujicic, the limbless evangelist who has stunned millions with his message of acceptance and grace. With God, anything is possible. Order now while signed copies are still available at trustinusllc.square.site. That's trustinusllc.square.site. And as Jack says, Make it a great week because with God, anything is possible. Spohol. Anything is possible. I'm Jack Prisula. This is Anything is Possible. We're talking to Kelly Walquist. If you Google female evangelist, a picture of Kelly Walquist pops up. So, Kelly, you've created an army of women. It's a movement. What's amazed you the most these past eight years? I actually love that, Jack, about it being called a movement, because when it started, that was exactly what was in my heart. I, 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 when, I, when I came up with this with Wine, Women in the New Evangelization, my first thought was, I don't want another program. I don't want a program. I want a movement in the church. And at first, it, those words, I didn't want to use those words quite at the time, because I didn't want, like, the the priests or bishops to think that it, it was something radical. I mean, it is 100% in line with church teaching in the magisterium. But you're right. It is a movement. It is a movement. We've got women all around the country who are part of wine, who are um, either part of our book clubs or they, they're part of our retreats. They're holding retreats in their neck of the woods or our wine conferences all over the country. We had we held the first ever National Catholic Women's Conference. There hadn't been one. And in 2017, we, ha- we held a National Catholic Women's Conference under the umbrella of wine with Archbishop Chaput out in Philadelphia. And we had 34 women's ministries and apostolates represented, which is great because wine is about elevating everyone and their guests. We work really closely with Magnificat. We say we have a holy alliance with them, um, walking with purpose, women of grace. And so there's all these wonderful women's ministries that are out there that we, as wine, want people to know of as well. And I think that is one of the most important things. What has awed me the most, (laughs) put me in the state of awe or astonished, um, I guess St. John Paul the Great, I'll paraphrase him, but whenever the Holy Spirit intervenes, he amazes and astonishes. He radically changes people, and he radically changes history. And as I look at these past eight, nine years of forming wine, I will say what has amazed me the most is um, the joy that is in it. Wine has a charism of unity, and I would say that the fruit of unity is joy, this is the, as the fruit of the Holy Spirit, right? And there's such a joy in it, and it really, it kind of, I guess a good image of that would be Mary and Elizabeth. It's a perfect image of what wine is. It's it, two women, Mary sharing Jesus, it's a woman sharing Jesus with another person, and each of them elevate, elevating in the gift of the other. There's no competition. And that is 100% something we've seen in wine. Now, when we look at the visitation, you just see Mary so exuberant and just so filled with the love of the Lord that she can't even contain it. It comes out in her song, right? It comes out in her Magnificat. And that should be us. We should be so in love with the Lord that we can't contain it. And we want to share Him with everyone. And the first thing Mary does as she shares that is you just see this joy bubbling up in her. 
And then, of course, Elizabeth responds not with, you know, oh, I'm, I'm jealous. Why did you get to carry the Christ child and I didn't? No way. No. Elizabeth responds. She reciprocates that joy. You know, the baby inside her womb leaps with joy. You know, so we see this joy between these two women as they're sharing Jesus together. And when I look back at what wine has done, I can tell you, Jack, if you sat down with any of the core teams, you can sit down with the Cajun wine down in Louisiana. Um, You know, you can sit down with our wine at ease, which is our military wine, and our North Woods wine, which is in Minnesota, our wine in Michigan. I think there there are sparkling spritzers. I don't even know. But if you sat down with these women who are the core team and you heard their stories, you would hear pain and suffering. And if you didn't have, if you didn't have your faith, if you weren't a man of God, you and you were interviewing them, you would look at them and think, why are you so happy? Your life is so, you've been through so much suffering. How can you be so joyful? Um, and the answer is that all of them, all of them have suffered, but they've suffered with Jesus. They've, been, they've embraced it. They may not have known at the time they are embracing it, but even just surrendering to it and surrendering your suffering to the Lord. And because of that, there's this beautiful joy in them. So when I'm working with our group down in um, Alabama or we're working with the ladies in New Orleans or Baton Rouge, I, there was one time we were in Baton Rouge and, and we were running a big conference. And these ladies hadn't run a conference yet. They'd done all the, the work in the back end. We have it set up at winecatholicvineyard.com where we can help you and everything's done. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. So they had everything done, but they were setting up the vendor area. And it was their first time. And I'll never forget, so we were in Baton Rouge, and the West Texas Wine women showed up a day early. And they came to the Baton Rouge um, conference as they were setting up, and they just said, how can we help you? And they're like, oh, wow, that's great. And West Texas, in you know, being welcomed by Baton Rouge, set up everything for them. Well, now that's four years ago, and now we have these two groups of women who are the best of friends. You know, so now the Baton Rouge ladies go to West Texas when they have an event, and West Texas comes to Baton Rouge, and and it's the same. They come to Philadelphia. They do all this. So there's such, I guess the thing that astonishes me the most is that you're looking at a women's ministry where you think there would be competition. And there is not an ounce of competition. There is so much complementarity that from it just proceeds all this joy. We're talking to Kelly Walquist, www.catholicvineyard.com. Kelly, there's a woman listening tonight, and she says, I admire this woman, but I don't have time for this. I don't have time to pray. Pray between family, life, work. I'm working 27 hours a day. Kelly, I've got no time for prayer. Well, you know what? That's funny because that is exactly why why we created wine. Because we recognize that women are busy. We're busy, but just by our very nature, we are we we give, we care for, we take care of others. You know, I, I think it's very natural for women because we're generous and say, "I got it. I'll do it. I got it. I'll do it." That we kind of forget ourselves. And that's why we're, well, he's like, you know, treat yourself 
to wine, <laughs> women in the new evangelization, where we can walk with you. So even if you're thinking, I, I'm working 27 hours a, a day, I don't have time for prayer. Well, you know what? Here we go. Here's what, you know, Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Take care of everything. Boom. There's your prayer. What It, it took me three seconds. Well, now you learn, you learn about that, and you learn about Jesus and, and about surrendering to him, and you have the support around you teaching you how to surrender to the Lord. And it's, it's just kind of that simple. We want to meet women where they are. If they're busy, um, you know, meet them where they are, where you are spiritually, um, where you are even in your giftedness. Jack, if you would have told me 15 years ago that I would be standing up in front of thousands of people um, proclaiming Jesus, I would have told you you were crazy. You know, it's absolutely crazy. But now I look back at the people who believed and recognized the gifts I had. Women are too busy to reinvent the wheel. This round wheel is working great. I thought, let's just run with it. We'll just keep going. So that's, I think that is the best way. Just come be part of us. It's, we're a nonprofit. By the grace of God and the greatness of men and women around the country, we are, the wine is still flowing. www.catholicvineyard.com. Kelly? You're a shining example of somebody who's let go and let God. Keep up the great, great work. Thanks, Jack. You too. God bless. Please join us next week. Until then, I'm Jack Crisula. Thanks for listening. And make it a great week because with God, anything is possible. Spawn.